Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kansas City Actors Radio Theater. I'm Phil Fiorini, your host for this episode. KCART is proud to present another installment of the Amplify series. This episode, we're focusing on the winners of the KCART LGBTQ Young Playwrights Contest. We had several entries this year, and it was a challenge for our playwriting committee to choose the winners. But after careful consideration, three entries were chosen, and we're very excited to broadcast them for you today. What struck me about these pieces is the rawness, honesty, candor, courage, realness, and sadly, the true marginalization people from the LGBTQ community face. I'm feeling like um, we need another vibe to present our show today. Looking back when I was young, the places we went to to share experiences, frustrations, injustices, successes, joy, and our truths were the coffee houses and cafes around Kansas City. Whether it was through spoken word, poetry, music, it was a place we gathered to really share and listen and be part of a collective community. And these playwrights deserve that today. So, with the help of our sound designer, Mary Robinson, I'd like to create our very own virtual coffee house. Well, you'll find all the cool cats and kittens at what I'm going to call the K-Cart Cafe. Mary, we're going to need some ambient background noises to help us. What about that espresso machine? The steaming of the milk for cafe au lait? The tinkling of glasses, mugs, silverware? The hustle and bustle of your detached but ever so efficient barista? So without further ado, on with our radio show. Hello, hello, hello. Good afternoon and welcome to the Cake Cart Cafe. All you Kansas City cool cats and kittens and cougars and any other alliteration that applies to that. I'm your host, Funky Fresh Phil. That's P-H-I-L and not to be confused with F-I-L-L, but I need another refill on my skinny wannabe fat latte. This week we have three offerings in our Amplify Cake Cart series featuring LGBTQ plus young playwrights. Our first is entitled, This is Who I Am, written by Anna Hampton, and will be performed by Airden Schultz-Beaver. Refill your lattes, nibble quietly on a scone, and put your hands together and welcome Airden to the stage to perform This is Who I Am by Anna Hampton. This is who I am. I always lived in a shell. I made sure I stayed the perfect daughter in my mother's eyes unaware that her daughter isn't something that she wants her to be, and every hint that I dropped, she always stomped it down. Pansexuality honestly just sounds horrible. Those are the worst kind of people, she had told me, and those words stuck with me. I don't understand pansexuality and gender fluid and shh. It doesn't make sense. Those words also stuck with me. I tried to explain or come out, but I was swamped with emotions. Confusion. Fear. The what-ifs. Well, there are more than two genders, like being gender-fluid and agendered and bi-gendered and third-gendered and pansexual people like me like all of those genders. What do you mean? I kind of get the concept, but it's not. Her voice slowly dies off. 
I look down and fiddle with my blue hair, still as bright as the day I dyed it. I feel like I can't breathe. My raw, pink lungs tighten, begging for air, forcing yellow stars in my eyes. Or how, at times, I wish I was a boy and wanted to be called Ryan. Or felt neutral and wanted to be called Lee, not able to explain the way I am. I don't care what you identify as or who you love. I only care about love. Those are the words I would love to hear. My mother has a gay brother, so I hope she would be somewhat understanding. My mother doesn't believe that more than two genders exist or know that I find all of them attractive or that some days I don't feel like a girl and that I hate my dead name. But she had already dropped the subject. Instead of filling the awkward lull with discussions and questions about colleges I should apply slash applied for and books she's reading and what my younger sister is doing in school. I could feel my soul bubbling up behind my lips. Pink and yellow and blue along with pink, white, purple, black, and blue. I wanted to tell her to stop and listen. I wanted to tell her to be quiet and be accepting and try to understand. I wanted to tell her, show her my flags that I've been hiding for almost three years now. I'm pansexual and gender fluid. There, now you know. Would you have said that it was horrible and that you can't understand? That, in essence, I am horrible and you can't understand me? But I can't. I sat in my cold and gray shell and tucked my blue hair away. I peek out of my shell and look at the window, at a rainbow. She gets up and leaves me rushes out the door, leaving behind her child she thinks she knows, as she claims to not understand my labels that I have hidden in my closet for almost 18 years, next to my pink, yellow, blue blankets, with my pink, white, purple, black, and blue stuffed animals. Maybe tomorrow I'll put it on, pin my hearts on my sleeve, Wear my colors proudly, but not today, never today, but hopefully soon. Wow, let's make some noise for Erden Schultz-Beaver. Thank you, Erden. And uh, we wanted to have Anna here today, but she couldn't make it. But thank you again, Anna, for your piece. It's beautiful. Congratulations again on being one of our contest winners. Our next creative offering from one of the winners of the playwriting contest is a scene from Not a Girl and Not Yours by Charlie Parsons. This will feature Kansas City actors Ahafia Yurkovich-Miles, Hollis Wilhoit, and B. Givens. Put your hands together and welcome Ahafia, Hollis, and B. to the stage to read Charlie Parsons' Not a Girl and Not Yours. The scene is a busy restaurant. May I have the pad key, Mao? I'll have the pad thai, thanks. Sounds good. Can I get your menus, please? 
Yeah, so like I was saying, sorcerers are less viable than wizards because of their lack of spells, and they really rely on their meta magic. It just makes more sense to go for a wizard, even with the roleplay flavor that sorcerers have. Mm-hmm. Jesse, what's up? Huh? I don't know, you just seem distracted. Is everything okay? Well, yeah, kind of. Maybe. <laughs> Gilbert, there's something I have to tell you. Okay. We've been dating for a while. Yeah. And we planned on getting married. Yes. And I love you so much. Uh-huh. But I'm not a girl. What do you mean? I'm just not a girl. I'm a man or non-binary or something else. I just know I'm not a girl. Well, how do you know that? I don't know. It just doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel right when people call me a girl, or when you call me your girlfriend, or when my grandma says that I'm her favorite granddaughter. None of it sits right with me. I knew this would happen. What? I knew this would happen. You changed your name to Jesse freshman year of high school for no discernible reason other than you like the name. Yeah, I didn't like the name I was given. So you changed it to something androgynous? Masculine, even? Okay, and? You've never had hair longer than your chin since we've met. Women have short hair all the time. You told me you don't like it when I compliment your chest. Not everyone likes being told that they have rockin' tits all the time. Jesse, I've been kind of expecting this. Yeah? Yeah. And... Here's your food, sir. Mm, Thank you. And for you, ma'am. Thanks. Yeah, it's my smoke break, and if you need anything else, Trevor's right over there, okay? Uh Uh-huh. The food looks delicious. What were you going to say? We can't be together. What? I'm straight. I'm a straight man. I'm not going to be with a man. Marry a man. Jesse, I love you, but I can't be with you. I have to go. Can you get a ride home? Yeah. See you. Goodbye, Jesse. The scene shifts to a grocery store. Enter Jesse and his new partner. So, um, I'm trying to remember which of our friends actually has allergies. Right. Yeah, I think it's Samantha. I'm pretty sure she's allergic to carrots, so maybe not. Who the hell is allergic to carrots? I love her, but my God. I know. Jesse? Oh. Gilbert, hi. Oh my God. Hi. How have you been? I've been... Good. It's been a while, yeah? Yeah, it has. Who's this? This is my partner, Ash. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. Wow. Um, you look... good. You look good. Thanks. Uh, how's everything been? I haven't seen you since graduation. It's been good. I've got a job at a coffee shop now, and I'm (laughs) I'm looking at new jobs in my field. It's been interesting. That's wonderful, Jesse. I'm happy it's working out for you. (laughs) Really happy for you. Well, we've got to get going. We're making dinner for friends and all that. Right, right, right. Sorry to keep you up. You, uh, enjoy yourselves. Thanks. Me too. Mm -hmm. Isn't that the guy that dumped you when you came out? Yeah. (laughs) I didn't think I'd ever see him again. I didn't think I'd ever meet him. (laughs) Me neither. Anyway, let's go get the fruit for the salad. I've got all the fruit I need right here. I love you. I love you too. You know, you never did tell me how you all ended things. Oh, God, yeah. 
So we were at that Thai place, you know, the one out on Prairie View. <laughs> we had just ordered and I was so nervous to come out to him that I totally missed what he was saying. He's talking about like sorcerers or something. <laughs> and so he asks me and what's up because I'm blanking out and I finally look at him and I tell him that I love him and I care about him, but I'm not a girl. And then he goes on this whole thing about how he already knew. He knew? Yeah. And seen. Well, now I'd like to bring to the stage our playwright, Charlie Parsons. Let's give it up for Charlie. Charlie, congratulations on this contest entry win. Thank you, Phil. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I, I so enjoyed it. When did you start being interested in playwriting? I started being interested in playwriting because of Project Pride at the Coterie. So it's like kind of like a divisive queer youth group that puts on a show like we devise everything via improv and that's where I really got into writing was with um, Amanda Keebler and her work. You know one of the things in the play that caught me is he, uh, Gilbert asks Jesse how do you know how do you know and and Jesse responds with I don't know I just doesn't feel right. Talk to me about your journey. Well for me I that line is almost kind of verbatim what I think it just doesn't feel right for me because I'm a trans man I guess I should say that. Um, it doesn't feel right for me when people refer to me femininely, when I present femininely, when people perceive me as a woman, I guess. Um, but for me, I take a lot of pride in exploring my masculinity and exploring my, um, body, my myself and my identity outside of the confines of my body, if that makes sense. I know that sounds very ephemeral, but uh, it's it's really just I how I want to be perceived as, as a man. I, I totally respect that. I know I grew up and when we, we were growing up, we were pretty much put into specific boxes. And I always labeled myself as a gay man or a homosexual. But I think since this new revolution or just these new revelations, I should say, I've discovered that I am more non-binary and more on the spectrum. And it, it it's right. It's, it's something that didn't feel right. But now it does, even though I know who I am. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I can make choices. And navigate myself in the world a little better, knowing myself. It definitely feels more comfortable to be who you know you are. You yeah, know? yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, if I may talk about this, you know, I made a, a misjudgment in casting, didn't I? Where I casted a LGBTQ plus person in the role of Ash, which was supposed to be non-binary. And I because I didn't see it in the script of where they were non-binary, I just went ahead and casted someone who was of the LGBTQ plus community. And it took, you had to let me know, this isn't right. This person should be non-binary. And I appreciate that because before that, I didn't know anything about that. Or I wasn't thinking. I knew things about that, but I wasn't thinking for this particular piece. Talk to me about what how it must have been so hard for you to come to me at the last moment. Yes. Tell me about that. I, I was a bit scared, but um, I feel like it's very important um, even if like, because queer people are already so misrepresented in the media or like general media. Um, but I felt that it was important, especially if I'm, if we were writing several trans characters or there's only like three characters, but a trans character, a, a cis character and a non-binary character. Um, I felt it was important that we cast those roles as the gender they were, at least to give, even to give that opportunity to those actors of those genders. Because I know, um, like, non-binary actors, they get the short stick. They, 
the non-binary actors that I know, they always get cast as the assigned gender at birth that they were or how they present in a binary fashion. It's like, I want to give roles to those people to be who they really are. Yes. Well, thank you. I appreciate you bringing it up to me. And I appreciate you being so accommodating and being so willing to change such something so big at the last minute. Listen, to make it right, we got to do it. Yeah, thank you. I have one final question. It's the most important one. When you go into the coffee house, what do you drink? Well, it depends on if I need caffeine or not. I love London Fogs as like a midday kind of thing. They're what is like, that? It is um, Earl Grey tea, but instead of put in like hot water, it's put in steamed milk. Oh my gosh, I it's, have to try that. It's so good. It's so good. Okay, London Fog. Okay. London Fog. Um, and then I really like um, like raspberry mochas, like triple shot raspberry mochas. Okay. Well, thank you, Charlie. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. I'm going to hold on to those last two for sure. Raspberry mocha with a triple shot and a London fog. Yes. Remember that. Thank you, Charlie Parsons. Thank you so much, Phil. I appreciate it. Our last offering is written by Landon Hudson and performed by Darrington Clark. This is called My Pleasure by Landon Hudson. You'd never think two words could change a person. This summer, I got a job at Chick-fil-A. You know, this place with the big red sign, the walls lined with bricks. Yeah, they're all pricks. Stayed late learning Chick-fil-A's politics. I'm like an addict who can't get enough of his fix. White and hetero, those were the only clicks. People told me this job would change my life. I could meet my best friend, an enemy, <laughs> or a wife. Sat me down multiple times talking about eternal life. A day in the life of a Chick-fil-A worker. Wake up, 5 a.m. Cry, 5.01. Start work, 6 a.m. Outside taking orders, 6.15. Damn, I need some Dramamine. My legs moving faster than my body, shaking like a tambourine, more pissed off than Wolverine, head spinning like a washing machine. Welcome to Chick-fil-A, my name is Landon, how may I serve you? My head is ringing like an automated voicemail machine. But because of store policy, I must alter my reality. Yelling louder than a referee, treating guests like celebrities in a limousine. Damn, I need some Dairy Queen. C-H-I-C-K-F. I L A C is for crappy, H is unhappy, I is for intolerable, C is for easily conquerable, K is for kiss my ass, F is for you are slow, speed it up, be faster, I is for I am a disaster, L is for the loneliness you feel, A is for the attitude you wish you could give after serving every meal. These nine letters represent me. From 6 to 11, that is who I'll be. Monday through Saturday, we are open. Back to school. Still had a job at Chick-fil-A. You know, the place on the corner of the highway stuffed in between a Walmart and a gas station, a start to a creation. <laughs> Our mascot resembles 101 Dalmatians. The temptation, the starvation, the vibrations that flow through my bones tell my parents I hated work. It's just your hormones. This summer, I got a job at Chick-fil-A. They didn't appreciate the purse I wore into work. Thought my outfits were berserk, hated my artwork, didn't like my quirks. Well, it's just work, so cry about it. You'd never think two words could change a person. Last fall, 
I still had a job at Chick-fil-A. Working 40 hours a week, I was tired as hell, so to speak. Didn't have time to take a leak. Was Chick-fil-A my peak? I tried to speak, couldn't let out a squeak, blushing harder than a blood-soaked creek. You have to do it right. You have to do it right. You have to do it right. This is tradition. This is technique. We've done it since the dawn of time. Rules engraved in stone like an old antique. You never think two words could change a person. We have cars in the drive-thru constantly. Constantly, I have to take another person's order. Constantly, making the drinks for another person's order. Constantly, bagging the food for another person's order. Repeating myself over and over. Do I have a mental disorder? You'd never think two words could change a person. Last winter, I still had a job at Chick-fil-A. A virus swept through the store like a swift autumn breeze. The store's new normal was face shields and vaccines, and somehow that was our fault? Yelled at over and over like an overdue reprise, I wear a shirt that says thick filet with two C's because the weight on my body shouldn't embody my spirit, my endearment. Somehow these stretch marks make me incoherent. Well, here I am, world, fat homosexual. Shit, he's on clearance. You never think two words could change a person. Sat down with some friends after finishing my day at Chick-fil-A. I didn't appreciate how I swayed, how I relayed, couldn't convey I was a butt on everyone's ashtray, pulled into the driveway, told my mom to go away. It was only Monday, left my car unlocked, doors open like some shitty valet. I could not be appreciated because I was gay, but it's a great day at Chick-fil-A. When you're hired, you have officially retired. You have laid down everything because the one thing that matters are the tears, sweat, and blood splatter. This job is more important than family, than normality, hospitality. This job is the center of gravity. Chick-fil-A and Christianity blur your vision of sanity. When you're hired, you are taught about masculinity. If you cry, cuss, or worry, you're upsetting the Holy Trinity. Judged, gawked, and laughed at when my friend came in after losing her virginity. Yes, I own up to my femininity. When you put on your attire, you have officially signed up for bigotry just because you believe a little differently. I get this is just your ministry, but you've made it a place of toxicity. The words productivity, responsibility have been engulfed because religiously, spiritually, and deliberately you don't care what your employees have to say unless they are straight, skinny, and everything but gay. So take notes. Take notice. And notice the environment created before it's time to get cremated. And as you clock on and off and on and off and on and off, you start to realize that there is no prize. Yes, I'm supersized, and yes, I'm gay. As I fantasize, as I'm traumatized, this job is summarized and symbolized because this franchise is more important. Have you forgotten? Which coffin shall I purchase? You treat me like I'm worthless. Hey boss, I need a favor. I am not as perfect as your savior, so please remember I'm my own flavor of queerness and fierceness and fearlessness. This body doesn't reflect my faithfulness. Yeah, I no longer have a job at Chick-fil-A. So as I clock out for the last time, 
I must remember how high I've climbed. Start using my words, no need to pantomime, because as I climb up and rise up, stop and take a look at yourself. Taking time to focus on myself, turn a new leaf, dust off an old bookshelf, go outside and take in the view like Teddy Roosevelt. Chick-fil-A, it is without measure. This final order is truly my pleasure. Thank you, Darrington, great work. Landon, I see you out there in the audience and I know you're dying to come up here and talk to us. Everyone, this is Landon Hudson, come on up. Landon, it's so good to see you again. I love this piece and I have so many questions for you, but I wanna focus on this piece, like what? Tell me all about it, just. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, well, I I do work, like I work at Chick-fil-A and I was like a legit employee there. And so I started there the sophomore year, like the day before sophomore year started. It was my birthday, I just got my job. And it was great forever, you know, until it wasn't, right? And so I had like obviously talked to management and like I wanted a change. It just wasn't happening. Well, from all these like microaggressions. Yeah, or it was just little, it was never a huge, I don't know, in quotes, like a hate crime or like a big, big thing that happened. Right. It was just these little, little comments here and there, you know, at speech and debate when I qualified to nationals, there was just brand new event 2021 and never come out. And it's called original spoken word poetry. And as a joke with my coach, I said, what if I just wrote about Chick-fil-A just like to get a feel for spoken word. I'd never done it before. And so I got into it and I stayed up a whole night and just like was writing it. And it just like was, you know, throwing up a little bit. And then I, I got it and he read it and he was like, okay, like this, will you, like, this is it. And I was like, what do you, you know, like, I don't want to do a piece about Chick-fil-A because knowing Chick-fil-A and their corporation, like I just, I didn't want to have to go through that, you know, but he, we really talked through with my coach and he was like, I really want you to do it because it's like, I, it's, this was like a joke and, but it's now it's not a joke. Like you, you should do it. And so I sent it in and went and we got, I got second, you know? And so then they found it the day after it came out. Chick-fil-A did. My Chick-fil-A, yeah. I thought I'd be fired, you know, I'd be done. Because, I mean, I didn't lie and I didn't call out any names and there's no names. Right. But they, I mean, I knew they knew. And so I was applying in another, just like a like a garden store, like a landscaping. Because I was, I mean, I was. it was last year, so I still was a junior in high school. So I still had a while to go. And I, in the interview, I get a text and then a call and then a missed call and then another call from my owner of the store. And he said, I need you to come in for a meeting. It's about your forensics piece. We saw it the day after. I had just gotten back from nationals. I was just home. And so I was like, okay, like I knew this would happen. We all knew. Like the minute I got to finals at nationals, everyone was like, okay, well, now you're going to be, you know, done with your job. And I was okay with that, you know? And I called in and I went and I thought it'd just be me and him. And it was him and the executive director. And he said, why? Why? Why would you do something to hurt us? And I, I went through it and, and I thought I was going to be fired. So I just told him everything that had ever happened in the two and a half years I'd worked there. Everything ever from sophomore year. And they were just like shocked. Like I thought they knew, but they didn't even know wow. that this stuff was happening. Yeah. And so positive and negative things came out of that, right? And you stayed on. And I, and I stayed. And yeah. And they said, we want to keep you. And so I stayed there for... Oh, eight more months. Are you still in high school? No. I have three months left. Yeah. So oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. So you're raring to go. Oh yeah, I'm. I'm ready. Yeah. My most important question of all: When you go to a coffee house, 
What do you order to drink? If I go to a coffee house, I'm getting a mocha or just coffee, milk, and ice. I'm very generic. What's a mocha? Mocha would basically be like, I call it like a coffee dessert. Oh, Chocolate, coffee, <laughs> ice, and it's milk. tiramisu yeah. without the bread, I yeah. guess. Yes, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much. It was so great to talk to you, and I'm so glad to see you again, and I wish you all the best in the world. Well, thank you so much, and I'm uh, really excited I could be here today. Well, thank you to everyone, and congratulations again to our three playwright winners. This has been another installment of Amplify K-Cart focusing on young LGBTQ plus writers. And from all of us cool cats at the virtual K-Cart Cafe, we thank you for tuning in and joining us. Kansas City Actors Radio Theater is made possible in part by the Richard J. Stern Foundation for the Arts, the Estelle S. and Robert A. Long Ellis Foundation, the Miller Nichols Foundation, the Kansas City Neighborhood Tourist Development Fund, Arts KC, the Missouri Arts Council, Theater League, and the Breitenthal Snyder Foundation, with enduring thanks to Valerie and Mark Andrus. I'm John Rensenhaus. No, I'm not, but I wish I was sometimes. I'm Phil Fiorini. Until we meet again, stay safe and stay tuned.